Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As you can see, John Garcia Jr. back here. We're talking recruiting today. Lamar Seymour, Pitt got another commitment in the wide receiver class. And we're also going to discuss some other guys that you might know are already committed to Pitt. Rasheen Biles, Braylon Lovelace. We'll get John's evaluations on them. And then Jeremiah Anglin, Pitt in a big battle here for Anglin out of Florida. They're trying to get another DB in this class. Could Jeremiah Anglin be that guy? It's all coming up today on this episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. Terms and notifications apply. John Garcia Jr., Sports Illustrated, football recruiting guru, Locked On's recruiting insider, all of those great things. John, as always, welcome to the show. Good to be on with you, Nick. Every time we come on, there's a new Floridian headed to Pitt, so I'm, I'm good with it. It sure is. It seems like there is a, a ton of Florida kids always coming to Pitt, and, and that is no different in this class. Six Florida kids already committed. I doubt Lamar Seymour, though, who is the commit today, is going to be the last of the Florida kids coming to the Panthers in this recruiting cycle. But Pitt lands a big wide receiver out of Miami, a former Miami commit. His offer sheet is incredible, and he's going to Pitt. John, what what did Pitt get in Lamar Seymour here? Man, this is, you know, all the stuff. I know we did like a whole Hakeem to Williams podcast. He's like the Diet Coke version, right? You get a lot of those same traits. Big frame, above the rim type of ability, ultra competitive. And I would say at this point, maybe a little bit more physical, than Ikeem Williams. So I'm, I'm a huge fan uh, of Seymour. Have seen him on Friday nights in pads in person. I've seen him throughout the, the camp and combine and seven on seven circuit. And every time you see him, he's just making plays uh, for goodness sakes. I mean, he's not the fastest recruit. He's not the twitchiest, quickest receiver after the catch. But when the football's in the air, he tracks it about as well as, as anybody in the country big physical hands. I mean, his older brother plays at Miami on the offensive line. So a big physical player at the catch point, throw in some competitiveness uh, and a little bit of swag on top of it. And he is a dominant flasher uh, at the wide receiver position. I think this is a lot of untapped potential as well. He's already 6'2", 185, 190 or so. He'll probably carry a little bit more weight once he actually plays at Pitt. Uh, he's got some good foundation in his route running right now, although, again, nine routes, back shoulders, 50-50 balls are kind of his wheelhouse. On Friday nights, we see him do a little bit more. Uh, he works inside very well, not afraid to go over the middle. Um, and again, he's, he's a big physical kid, so he'll run over some back seven defenders on occasion. And then you talk about Miami Central High School, him being that leading receiver, you know, all they've done is, is won three straight state championships, you know, with, with him on the roster. He's the catalyst in that passing game, which is, is one of the best 
in the state of Florida. So you talk about playing at a high level, you know, Miami Central, one of the best programs really in the country when it comes to high school football uh, and then playing deep into December every single year. He's played literal competition from all over the country and all over the state of Florida, where it counts most on Friday nights. And he has excelled in a lot of those settings. So the lights are, are seemingly never too bright for Seymour on top of the natural and physical gifts that he brings to the table. So big fan of this get. I think he's a boundary target. I think he's elite in the red zone and along the sidelines, body control, awareness, all those things are pluses with this, this latest commitment. And, and he's one again, like you said, former Miami commitment, you know, had been committed for like two years to, to the Canes. So multiple coaching staffs, he was still on board. There was really a few months ago, there was really no sense that he would end up anywhere else. But but here's Pitt, a couple other schools. UCF made a good run here as well that really got him off of his spot. And, and, and he took some visits and and the rest is history. Pitt really, you know, blew it out of the water during that mid-June official visit. And from that point, all we were hearing about was the Panthers. And it was just a matter of, OK, when's he actually going to do it? And, and obviously uh, it ended up being Monday. It did. And, and this is big for Pitt. Now you look at, at their wide receiving core for this recruiting class and six one Zion Fowler, six one Kenny Johnson, six two Lamar Seymour. The smallest player on their roster at wide receiver right now is Jalen Barden, who is five foot eleven. So they are building size in this receiving core. Obviously, Hakeem Williams goes with that theme as well. If they yep. could land him. But I wanted to talk to you. You talked about that Miami decommit. And then Pitt essentially flipping him. I mean, this is essentially a flip for Miami yeah. to Pitt. Yeah. Is this a is this a situation where maybe the Canes were looking to move on, or is this a legitimate flip by Pitt? And if so, how important is it for Pitt to go into Miami and flip a kid to convince him to come up north? You know, I, I don't think this is as traditional a flip as it gets, but this is close yeah, to me. This was not a player Miami dropped or or moved on from. He was still taking plenty of visits to Coral Gables. And again, he'd been committed for so darn long. He was almost in our business. He was almost an afterthought, right? It was like, oh, yeah, he's still there in this class of 2023. Uh, but certainly, this isn't the coaching staff he committed to. I do think the board looks a lot different for Miami at that position relative to what it looked like when he committed so early. I think he was probably the first commitment in the class for the Canes uh, back in 2020, way back in 2020. So certainly you expect the board to evolve and, and the state of Florida is loaded. We talk about it all the time. There's a lot of division one wide receivers in the state of Florida and, and Miami's got its board. It's missed on some big targets. You know, Brendan Ennis uh, picked Ohio state um, Jalen Brown just committed to LSU the other day, you know, fellow South Floridians, like Seymour, but but I do think Seymour was was pretty high on that board. So this should profile as a legitimate flip from the University of Miami. And I think that is huge news for Pitt optically, even though on the field, Pitt has progressed, you know, beyond Miami, at least in, in recent memory. And Miami has not won the ACC since it moved to the ACC and I think has only appeared in one championship game, which is it's just a crazy stat. I think that changes under Cristobal, but to this point, Pitt is the more high profile and NFL laden, you know, program at that wide receiver position. So I think you can look at this more one-to-one than maybe some folks in South Florida would like to suggest. Uh, so, so that says a lot about Pitt. We, we talked about that transition from Brendan Marion to Ty Underwood and, and how pretty darn well it's gone, you know, despite, you know, losing such a noted coach and developer. Uh, and that's, that's really impressive from the Panthers, especially when you're talking about, 
going to areas at that position that you've had success at and, and being able to do so under multiple receiver coaches says a lot about Pat Narduzzi at the very, very top and the rest of the staff. And of course, we know Partridge is getting an assist on this one based on, on geography. So another notch on his belt from the state of Florida as well. No surprise to see Charlie Partridge in there on the Seymour commit. Another commit for Pitt. I think they're probably done in the receiver class, aside from obviously Hakeem Williams. If Hakeem Williams was to come, he's a take no matter what. But otherwise, they probably have wrapped it up in the receiver class now that you look at that. But I do want to flip over to two Pitt commits that have laden a lot of discussion in the Panther fan base about why they were takes and, and why they committed so early and, and all this stuff. And, John, I do want to get your take on two of those guys. But first, I want to let you guys know about LinkedIn Jobs. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in businesses, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so their network can help you out to find the right people you want to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the cans you want with just the right skills and experience. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, John. So these two guys that I'm talking about are Rasheem Biles and Braylon Lovelace. Now, they aren't the highest-rated kids on the block. The, the offer sheets aren't the craziest. You know, like a Lamar Seymour, for example, has a crazy offer sheet. And Pitt fans look at the offer sheets a lot because that is what they have kind of built their success off. Good offer sheets, three-star kids that end up being better than three stars because of their offer sheets. Now, Biles and Lovelace necessarily don't have that. But first off, I want to talk about Braylon Lovelace because this thing came out of nowhere. He went to a camp, got offered by Pitt. Virginia Tech offered him the week before he was going to go on a official visit to Virginia Tech. Pitt brought him in the week before, and then he pulls the trigger and commits to Pitt. This kid's a lifelong Pitt fan out of Leechburg area high school, and if you know anything about the Whippeal, that's not a, a school that produces a lot of these kids. That is the smallest division, actually. They are in the smallest division in the Whippeal in Western PA. It's not a it's not a super high-level area. It's the 1A schools. But what did you see out of Braylon Lovelace the showcase why Pitt was the take for him. Well, I think you said the key part here, Nick. He was at camp. You know, I, I think it's one thing to evaluate off of Friday nights. And look, let me be clear. That's the most important for everyone, college coaches, NFL, us, the whole board. Friday nights is the most important. But it also leads to some questions, right? Like like we were talking about Seymour earlier. Okay, I know he's a big body receiver who's great at the catch point and physical how well does he run? Well, you bring a kid like that to camp, what do you do? You time him. You find out how fast he is, and you get that question answered. I'm not saying that was the question with uh, Lovelace, but when you, when you like a kid on tape but not enough to offer, and then you bring him to camp, you get that question answered. I'm not sure what question it was. Honestly, it was probably his frame, right, because he plays all over the field in Pennsylvania. He's a running back. He's a quarterback. He plays linebacker. He plays DB. He plays everything uh, at his high school so they're probably curious about that position projection. And, and if, if we're thinking defense, 
and Pat Narduzzi certainly, you know, buy for that side of the ball, all things even, I do think they need to check out that frame. Is he legitimately 6'2"? Is he 190 pounds? How much weight can he legitimately carry and still exhibit some of the characteristics that make him, in their opinion, an ACC football player? But then you watch the tape and you, and you see a whole lot of flashes, right? He's a linebacker who plays running back. That is one of my favorite things about evaluating linebackers because it's just a natural mirror to what you're going to do. You have to have great vision, anticipation, and understanding of blocking schemes and holes as they develop, before they develop, and as they develop. You got to take on blockers on defense, just like you have to set up blockers on offense. There's such a correlation in, in the muck of all these big bodies that you have to understand how to navigate as a running back or linebacker. We already see that on tape with Loveless on both sides of the ball. And I think he does it at, at a, pretty, a pretty solid level on top of it. So I do think that is the, the first trait that really pops. The vision, the instincts at that position are there. And then he gets out in the open field, particularly on offense. He can run. You know, he's, he's got some wheels about him. It's not, you know, the, the, the twitchiest thing, but he gets to top speed pretty quickly. And he's got a bit of a longer stride that is really sustainable over a, a large period of, of or a large portion of the field. So I do think he's got some running ability. And then we talked about the frame. I think he can fill out, play at about 205, 210 pounds earlier in his collegiate career and be one of these versatile new age modern linebackers that, aren't built to take on fullbacks and, and tight ends that are, are, are out uh, blocking. He's built to run by them. He's built to beat the blocker to the hole. And then he's got this ability and experience to play in space, both against the run and against the pass, which is where I think he may have the most upside relative to any other type of role. So I do think this hybrid mentality is hard to project, but when you see it on tape and he's local and then you get him on, on campus to camp. I'd love to see that footage. I bet they were working him out all over the place. He was probably exhausted, but I'm sure it was worth it because he got the scholarship offer. So I think when you vet your own evaluations physically and in person, you can trust them that much more. And we've talked about it. Pitt is a program that trusts its evaluations. That's how you develop. That's how you make a three-star, which is looked at so negatively, even though it's, it's really not a negative thing. Those are the programs that elevate those prospects that perceptionally are looked at as a bit lesser than, than some others. So I do think Pitt is one of those that will trust that and, and pull the trigger, even if another ACC program or another Power 5 program has an offer. Because the schools that call us about, hey, who, who's offered this kid? Those aren't the best schools. Those aren't the, the, the schools that have rings attached to their name over the last few years. It's usually the schools that are climbing from the basement of their conference to try to move up. So Pitt is, is not one that I would imagine is looking around, especially with a local prospect. So I like them trusting their evaluation and I, I like it even more that he validated it at camp in person. Just had another camp this past week at the evolved two tenths, one fifty camp, which is a Pittsburgh camp where everyone goes. And by all means, he was great there as well. Truly six two two hundred on the frame there. Um, so good to see that for Lovelace. And again, Leechburg is a small school at the 1A level here, so that probably also factors into a tough eval. But if Brent Pry and Virginia Tech are offering, I do take stock into that as well. Brent Pry knows linebackers. But now I'll talk about Rasheem Biles out of Ohio, and he's a guy that has a few other offers. You know, you look, you see Purdue on that offer sheet. You see some Big Ten teams in that mix. You see West Virginia with an offer in there as well. Um, but this is a kid 
that is a little bit different than Lovelace because he is a listed as an athlete. He plays safety, but Pitt is recruiting him as a star linebacker. He's only 6'2", 180, obviously going to have to bulk up, but Pitt really likes this kid a lot. And, and I know that for a fact, John, they have him really high on their board. Yeah, I was surprised at his offer list when I watched more tape on him because he's really good. And this is, and he plays for what, uh, Pickerington Central? That's a big time program. The Styles brothers played there. I mean, you know, th- those guys are national recruits, right? Uh, so Lorenzo Sonny. So I, I do think that it, it's not an exposure deal. It could have been more question marks about his position, maybe the top end speed, but man, his frame and his instincts, Nick. They jump out on tape. I mean, this is a box safety who lines up, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage than most safeties that we project at the position. But he's still getting his hands on the football on just about every play. A ton of interceptions. He has some long pick sixes on his tape. And then he's physical on top of it to where he's built to contend in the box or or shortly there close after. So I do think – there's a lot to like uh, about Biles. I was surprised that more programs weren't either going all in on, hey, this is our will linebacker of the future. This is a guy we're going to bulk up and he's going to play, you know, maybe three and out. I mean, he could be that good. His instincts are that good in my mind because um, you just can't teach it against the run and the pass simultaneously. And Biles flashes in both elements consistently. Like there's a lot to like uh, about this kid's game. So, if the only question mark is, is twitch or top end speed, you can mask it by moving him closer to the box, which is, again, where, where Pitt thinks he's going to play at the ACC level. So, yeah, I'm surprised he's not a, a more well-known recruit based off of his junior tape. I, I don't, I hadn't run into him this offseason, so I'm not sure how busy he was uh, trying to earn more offers at camps and things like that. But I think it, how it profiles now is a great find by the Panthers and a guy who – depending on which recruiting outlet you're looking at, is probably a little under, a tick or two under where he maybe should be based on his level of competition, his overall instincts, and kind of the modern ability he shows on just about every one of his plays. Uh, I really am a big fan of, of this commitment. I think he's one we'll look back on and, and say, man, you know, kids from Ohio, where, where were the Buckeyes? Where, where was Cincinnati pushing for this kid? Who, who, who missed on, on this recruit right here? Where's Michigan, right? They recruit Ohio so much. Where's Michigan in, in, in this conversation? I think Biles is that level good instinctively. And again, he's got the frame to go along with it. So I'm, I'm definitely watching him as a senior this fall to see not only where he lines up, but how big he is. And if he still shows some of those same traits athletically, even as he gets a little bit bigger, because that's certainly what, what Pitt's going to want him to do at the next level. Yeah, John, you know, Pitt staff, I was talking with them, and they said to me, Biles is a lot like Cam Bright. And and Bright, obviously, Pitt pulled him out of Alabama. Um, They don't go down there very often, but he ended up being a three-, four-year starter for Pitt at that star linebacker spot. Transferred Mm -hmm. to Washington this past year, but he was great for Pitt, a huge foundational piece on their linebacking core, and they see a lot of him. And you look at Cam Bright's offer sheet back then, too. Bowling Green, Georgia State, Miami, Ohio, Pitt. So – Pitt hit on him, and they think Biles has a lot of the same traits that he does. So Yeah, I can see it. I, I lived in Alabama when Cam Bright was was there in Montgomery, saw him a ton. Go check the Twitter archives. I was really high on Cam. I, I thought he was a legitimate Power 5 prospect, and like you said, there was not a whole lot of, of Power 5 interest for him. He was a little bit shorter, so I think people were curious about 
uh, how he would be able to translate from high school to the next level. But obviously he did so quite well enough to start for two power five programs. That's not something that uh, a lot of kids can say at, at any stage of, of playing linebacker or, or the game of, of college football itself. So yeah, I could see it. And I think Biles is even more equipped to play in space and in coverage compared to Bright, who was a little bit shorter and stockier coming out of high school at the same stage. So I do think that's an interesting comparison, but I think Biles could have more upside. Bright, maybe a higher floor, but a higher ceiling on, on the new uh, the new Pitt Panther. Certainly at that, good to, info to know. Pitt fans, I know, were concerned about their offer sheet, and so they jumped the gun a little bit. But hearing John back it up a little bit to see what Pitt saw in them, I think is good stuff there. But I do want to switch over to Jeremiah Anglin, John. I want to hear your thoughts about him. But first, folks, let me let you know about BetOnline because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season and the upcoming college football and NFL odds. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. You can even check out stuff like MMA, boxing, golf, and more. Head to the website today or your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, John. So, Jeremiah Anglin is very interesting as a prospect, has a great offer sheet, was just recently offered by Oklahoma. Uh, you look at some of these offers, and you look at how he's ranked on some sites, and you're like, what in the world uh, is going on here? He's a, he's a three-star on a lot of sites. Kentucky, Alabama, uh, Cincinnati, Florida. You Florida look at the State. big schools, Florida yeah. State, Miami, Penn State. I mean, just all of the big offers, right, that you look for in the Florida kids are here. And the only official visit he actually took was Pitt. And so what is your evaluation of Anglin and, and what is going on with this recruitment? That's a great question. You know, I, I think first with Anglin is the timeline. I'm very curious, like, how soon are you doing it? Because like you said, he drops his top eight, then Oklahoma offers, but then only one official visit uh, to, to the Pitt Panthers. So Obviously, if you're Pitt, you're like, hey, sooner the better, right? He liked the official visit. I know he was teasing, hey, hell to Pitt, question mark. Like, I know he really liked that experience. And it makes sense, right? He's a Lake Wales kid, which for those who don't know, that's that's kind of country around here, right? We, we don't – that's not a metro area, not really close. It's kind of in between Tampa and Orlando, not close to any bigger metro area. So you never know when those kids go visit Pitt. It's like, okay, this is going to be either really good or I'm never coming back here type of, type of reaction. And obviously – it was the former. Uh, he really liked the, the city vibe and atmosphere. Uh, and I think that's unique compared to a lot of the schools that, that are in that top eight. But certainly only one official visit in June. You're curious, like, what's the plan here? Um, I, I know at the early stages of his recruitment, he wanted to commit before his senior season. And maybe his board positioning has fluctuated at some of these programs. Very curious to see what Alabama thinks of him. I know they've got multiple safeties committed. I'm curious to to see what what that push or lack thereof looks like. But there's a lot of big time programs on that list, right? Like you mentioned, Kentucky, Florida State, et cetera. Pitt, of course, uh, among them. So curious to see where his board positioning is for a lot of these schools. Obviously, Oklahoma, brand new scholarship offer. You expect him to vet that at some point. So maybe. He tries to sneak in a visit or two at the tail end of July when the dead period opens up if he wants to make that summer commitment. If not, this could go into the season. And I think that's advantageous for Pitt. I don't think this is a huge detractor where you're like, oh, he only took one official. 
he better commit now. I actually think it's the opposite because I think his positioning on these boards will continue to either stay the same or drop as other prospects naturally emerge. So I do think that will be quite interesting to see relative to his top eight, how much that changes. We know Pitt values him very much. He's already taken the visit. I would imagine if it extends into the season, that staff's going to try to grab him for an unofficial visit uh, to, to get back up to Pittsburgh and see what a game day at Heinz Field looks like. Uh, although there's some Heinz Field stuff going on. I didn't read all of it, but the change of the name or something. But a game day visit to the Panthers uh, football stadium. So I, I wonder how that's going to look. But but look, I get it. I get why new schools are coming in. I get why his recruitment might be far from over. I mean, he's 6'2", he's 185 pounds. I saw him work at a camp as a corner, and he was a top three or four corner there. By the way, this camp was in Miami. It was an Under Armour camp, big-time camp, a lot of great players. Uh, he made one of the plays of the camp where he did a, a speed turn on a double move, which is really not taught very much at the high school level. And then he, he used that 6'2 length to make a play on the ball right when it was arriving there uh, at the catch point. So he's got some corner ability, but really he's more of a safety. He's more at home at that position. Great range, excellent off the hash, can get up and play the football. He, he's kind of your classic free safety, but he's willing to mix it up and play physical on top of that. Uh, so I do like that element uh, of his, his skill set to date. And then worst case scenario, if he is one-on-one -on -one with a receiver, especially a bigger one, he can hold his own. He, he can flip his hips relatively quickly. And I think he runs well relative to his size. So there's a lot to like about Anglin. Legitimate SCC, ACC guy, in my opinion, higher end of, of that spectrum. I, I'm closer to, to you on this, Nick. I'm, I'm, I'm curious why those folks have them where they have him. But look, he's, he's from the middle of nowhere, Florida. So even though there's a lot of evaluators in this state, not everyone's going to Lake Wales. Uh, so I, I do think that's part, potentially, part of, of why the reason why he's still somewhat slept on from an evaluation perspective. But uh, I've seen him multiple times. He's impressed in each of those settings. And then you watch the tape and you like him probably more than you do in person. Because in person, he's working corner. He's working these other spots. But when you watch him on tape, you get to see the physicality. You get to see some of the ball skills and some of the range that he shows at the safety position. I think he's a balanced kind of classic free safety type that everybody needs in this day and age. You need that guy who can be your center fielder, but also play the football and on occasion play the alley and, and really uh, set the tone uh, with, with a big, I guess, legal type hit uh, to, to set the tone there. So I'm a big fan of Anglin. Curious, though, what does that timeline look like? Obviously, the sooner the better for Pitt based on the official, but I do think based on the boards – that Pitt's going to have staying power in this recruitment and factor in uh, until the final call is made. Yeah, and very interesting that Pitt does now have an open spot in that DB class after Shelton Lewis decommitted. And remember, now this is the interesting thing to me because obviously Jesse Anderson committed after the final weekend. Bryce Pollock and Shadarian Harrison are still there. Anglin was a late add to that late last weekend. And he came up to pit. So that was his only schedule. That wasn't even a scheduled one. It wasn't like he right. locked that in in May. So it was, I think it was almost two days before the the visit started. He was like, yeah, I'm coming up, um, which I, I thought was interesting. I don't know how you would read into that. Uh, it could be Pitt maybe, you know, just seeing, okay, we lost a, a commit. So you can come up here. 
But I think it could also be that potentially, you know, the, the rumblings are that Pitt maybe pushed out Lewis. And if that's true, that makes me feel like they might like Anglin more and, and they're trying to get him in either one of him or Braden Marshall. Obviously Pitt wants one of those two. Sure. Sure. Why, why wouldn't they? Right. I mean, and look, there's, you start to look at some of these Floridians on board and, and we talk about South Florida all the time. There's a whole lot in that Tampa to Orlando corridor that I've already jumped on board. If you look at, uh, if you look at Cayman, Sheridan Harrison's from Lakeland, which is right around the corner from Lake Wells. Obviously Lloyd is from St. Pete kind of in that corridor and then Ty Ray at Apopka in that corridor as well. So there's a central Florida vibe with, with Pitt right now that is certainly resonating and I think that could have played a factor into it, too, because I believe it was right after um, Kamen and Harrison committed. They both committed early June. It was not long after that that this visit was set. So you wonder if some of the peer recruiting is going on for the Panthers in that area, which is not something I expected. But here we are. You know, they've got six Floridians. And, and like you said, I think they're going to grab at least one more. Uh, we'll, we'll see how the boards shake out. But. Yeah, it could very well be Anglin there at the end of the day, and especially if, if he moves this decision up a little bit. Certainly could be. John Garcia Jr., great as always. John, tell them where they can find your stuff. Read all that you do. Real simple, si.com slash college, or check us out on Twitter like Nick has for you on the screen, John Garcia underscore JR. Folks, as always, thanks for listening, and as always, hail Tuppy.